I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin, having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh my God! No! And, oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah! And and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! Do it harder! Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. I've had a really tough time this weekend with the the nine eleven stuff. What, just dealing with it, kind of stuff. I I just I'm I'm very I'm, I'm ambivalent about the whole thing, and um, and I don't know if it's like if it's a it's a personal. I mean, I just I I, I find myself being when, when I think about nine eleven, I think a lot about now how the administration used it within you know, the first few hours to try to pivot to get us into war with Iraq, which happened, you know, fairly quickly. And then I think about all of those first responders who have not been treated right. And they've had to, John Stewart's had to go beg for money and shame Congress into paying them off. And I certainly want to honor the victims and the families whose lives were changed forever. But I just, I've, I've just had a hard time with it. Um, given, you know, some of the just disappointment and stuff that I, and, and going back and dealing with that emotion and, everybody just wishing for you know how united we used to be and all that stuff I, I i don't know i just i can't get to that place it's weird for me yeah I, but i i know it's what you're saying and i'm not going to sit here and say that I, i'm not well that i am sold on all these conspiracy theories that are growing around about everything that happened that day and I, and, and I understand what you're saying. I, I, I think a lot of times too, man, I, I think the Shanksville people and the, and the Pentagon people kind of get swept under the rug a little oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, and, I would say I'm that's not right. saying that in any disrespect to the trade no. center people, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's odd. And I, I was very, I was very happy. I thought that was, uh, you know, I thought George W. Bush did a great job at, um, redeeming himself that that speech in in shanksville where he kind of says well there's no difference between the what happened on 9-11 basically what he was, he was saying the stuff that happened on january the 6th is the first cousin of that shit that happened on 9-11-2001 um, oh yeah of course it is so it, if you go back in time um and and you and i are old enough it was 40 percent of my life ago and and similar to you um the amount of hatred that was the, the 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 thing that was supposed to be drummed into our our brains with it was always a swarthy guy with a six foot tall turban that was the guy you got to worry about but since 9 11 it's been white supremacy and white nationalism that's been the true terrorism in this country and you're much more likely to die of that but it's much cuter and much easier to try to go and ferret out again some swarthy guy wearing a turban which is why a couple of Sikhs ended up getting killed in Arizona who had nothing to do with being Muslim or anything. So I, I, uh, I, I, I had trouble with all of that. And I, I don't want to, you know, disrespect the memories of the people that we lost. And, and, you know, certainly it was a, a national tragedy and something to a, to a great extent, there was a, a tremendous amount of kindness and there were some real heroes that came out of that. And I certainly wouldn't want to 
disrespect all of that, but I just, I have a, tr I have trouble kind of wrapping my arms around all of it and how I feel about all of it 20 years later. Um, that was one of those, that was a year later, the radio station sent me up to New York. And it was the first time I'd ever been in New York. It was for the first anniversary. And that was an amazing experience. And that was a very sad experience. And it's one of those, it's one of those things that I've come to grips with in my radio career. I would have never been able to do something like that. Otherwise I would have never been able to have that experience and that memory if I hadn't, you know, when I was 16 years old, try to get a part-time job at a 1000 watt AM station and continued on and on. So I'm, yeah, I'm, very, grateful. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful for, for all of that. But I, so I just have, there, there's a lot of ambivalence. And then um, I know you were busy, so you haven't seen it, but the, the WWE nine 11 documentary, it's, I, I just want to say, first off, uh, I went into it with the lowest of expectations. I just want you to know that I was, I was trying, I, I, I'm not really sure what I was thinking, but I was hoping there would be a bit of reflection, a bit of something, a bit of nuance, um, something, and, something that you didn't really know about that would make you look at it at a different light. In a, in a way, I guess the home run for me would have been if somebody in power at that point in time, if, if <laughs> you'll never get this out of Pritchard, you'll never get this out of Vince, you'll never get this out of Stephanie, but let me dream. I'll just dream for a moment. If someone would have said, yeah, we did it. I'm glad that we did it. But now that we look back on it, I don't know if we'd do it again. I don't know if given the opportunity if that was necessarily the right thing. If somebody would have said that or some variation of that, I could have been kind of happy. I'm, and I'm trying not to get angry here. I'm really not because my, my overwhelming uh, emotion is just sadness and disappointment. Brian, this may be the most self-serving thing that they've done. This may be. I haven't even seen it, and I was going to say the same thing. I could tell that's where this was going, but and yes. I, again, I don't want to be hyperbolic. I want to be. I want to have some credibility among the people that are listening to me. Going, oh, he, you know, it's like Dave Meltzer. I'm going to give this 140 stars next week. Something else, I'm going to give 150 stars. No, I it, in a company that loves to jack itself off over stuff that it's done in the past. To me, this one goes to new heights or plunges to new depths. It is completely and totally the post 9-11, Toby Keith will put a boot in your ass, Daryl Worley, have you forgotten, macho dick swinging in your face, fuck you, Bin Laden bullshit that was prevalent in the days and months following 9-11. That's, that's what this is. Now, is it like, are you saying like the, the people they talk to today about it? Yes. Or is it, yes. They're still in that mind frame. Oh, okay. oh my God, are they? Oh Vince McMahon it could not be more congratulatory to himself for giving the speech at the beginning of SmackDown. He could not be. And everyone, I, I, I'm going to tell you, among the players in this thing, the guy that I give a pass to, the guy that I am most likely to give a pass to is Mattress Mac. Is that ubiquitous character? You're very familiar with him from when your mom lived in the Houston Galveston area. And Mattress Mac has done a lot of stuff over the years to help out people after natural disasters. And he's just a great guy in the community.
So Mattress Mac is one is is portrayed as one of the movers and shakers that made this thing happen on you know two days following this massive attack in America. He's one of the guys that really pushed and helped get the city leaders together and make sure that they could have a show uh, two days after this awful thing, as you know, as the stench of human bodies is clogging up the air in Manhattan. Um, everybody else is. <laughs> There's, I, I can't give I can't give anyone any pass, but Bruce Pritchard is just beaming, talking about how great it was that the company did this, and and like fuck you and how dare just knock this battery off my shoulder. We are the greatest for doing this. We really stood up to terrorism, and goddamn, aren't we awesome? That's the well, the, the, the prevalent feeling of, of this documentary. I want you to watch it, and I want you to I want you to literally tell me. If I'm, if you, if you feel differently and you go, Brett, you're absolutely full of shit. You're reading something into this. that's not there. I think you're going to agree with me when you see this documentary, but it, it is so to me infuriating and, and self-congratulatory and self, I, I really do think it's the most self-serving thing they've done. Well, I don't know about you, but thinking back when it first came on, I, I, I felt a little weird then about it. About him having it. As much as I'm a wrestling fan, and and I, I wanted to kind of get my mind off of things, I just. But at the time, it just it was weird. Felt a little, felt a little sus, you know. It was a little, weird, little, little, little freaky. But I, I just felt like I, I was kind of watching it, but gritting my teeth at the same time, going, eh, I don't know about, yeah, you know, I, I guess this is okay, you know, but. I, I'll watch it and I'll let you know, but I have a feeling I'll agree with you at the end. <laughs> I did see one. I saw um, an, because the NFL was doing a lot of stuff too, and they canceled the games that weekend, obviously. And they the, the statement from one of the players is we shouldn't be we shouldn't be playing football. You know, obviously that was I want to say six, the sixteenth of of September. And if you shouldn't be playing football, you shouldn't be fake fighting two days after. Right, right, exactly. See, that that, that's what was turning in my head at the time. Nobody else was doing anything except wrestling. And then they show, it's it's just, I I, I can't. I I listen, I'm going to plug another podcast. It is the Lapsed Fan Podcast, and they do a great job. They do very, very detailed, deep dives. And when you go into some of the articles and books that were written about it, um, you realize that again, as Manhattan, the, the 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 company decided on Tuesday, the 11th of September, as human bodies and the dust of same are floating through Manhattan, that they're going to have the show on on Thursday. They're going to do it. Now they haven't gone to the people in Houston and said, "Can we do this or anything else?" But they've decided on the night of September the 11th, we're going to have the show. We're going to do it. Which is kind of I don't I don't know if that's even how do you sit down and even have a, a logical I don't I don't frame know. of mind normal I don't frame know. of mind conversation about something like that on on fucking September eleventh. And there's literally a, minutes and hours after shit happened. Oh, we're gonna do this. Oh, I know somebody's fingers over there in the gutter. We're gonna have a show in Houston. And we're gonna show. It's gonna be so good. I don't I don't understand uh, yeah, how how that and and nobody, I don't think there was anybody that said, or even felt like they could say, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And there's always been this company mythology that they said to the talent, okay, 
if you don't feel safe, you don't have to perform. You don't have to be at the show. Now, clearly there were a few people that were told this, but there's been several wrestlers who, who are coming, have come out in the years since and said, no, I, I, I never had that conversation. Nobody said to me that it was not a compulsory activity. There was there was nobody that plus they're trapped in San Antonio or Houston or wherever they can't go home. There's no planes. I mean, unless you're in the Saudi royal family, you're buying horses in Kentucky. There's no planes <laughs> in this guy to get. <clears throat> yeah. But no, there was no there were there were several people who felt like they were not really given a choice. Matt Hardy in, in his biography walks out with Lance Storm when they're in Houston the day of the show and and Lance Storm goes I I don't think we should be here. I just don't I don't think we should be here. See, he's he's one of the ones I would think that would exactly say that. You know, he, if if anybody was going to say that, he would be one of the ones I think would say, yeah, I don't think we should be doing this. And then the the boys make the boys at the the Labs fan podcast do make the point and we'll underline it here extreme radical Islamic uh, terrorism across the globe for the past, oh, 30, let's just say, let's be conservative and say 30 years. Let's go, let's, let's, let's talk about the post-Afghanistan era, like the post-Soviets leaving Afghanistan era, which was kind of the juice of all of this. We helped fund bin Laden and his merry men as they helped fight, fight the Soviets. And then we pissed off bin Laden when we went to Saudi Arabia at the invitation of the Saudi Arabian government to fight the first Gulf War. That's what really started him wanting to kill infidels and such. Uh, for the past 30 years, the, the Saudi Arabian government has been, and the royal family has been, the major funder of radical Islamic terrorism across the globe. It doesn't... It probably doesn't exist, and certainly not to the level that it does without the Saudi Arabian government. So now, of course, the people who wanted to show you how kick-ass they are on 9-11 are jumping all over themselves to grab money from the Saudi Arabian government and head back there as quickly as they possibly can. <laughs> that That is the Vince McMahon story right now. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's so disappointing, and you, I kept waiting for... Where's the where's the moment of reflection? Where do we get to the part where they go, oh, we were we were sad and everything was bad and maybe we shouldn't have done. No, Bruce Pritchard beams. Bruce Pritchard has sold his soul so completely, and and you do have to give him complete credit for that, Bryant. There for is what? there's no doubt in, in for Bruce selling Pritchard. his soul. Yes, there's no moment of doubt there's no moment of oh, i don't know satan i'm not sure if i could sell this thing no no he's completely handed over his soul all in okay he's he's 100 and i you've seen all of the articles now that they're saying the new electric company branded nxt i don't know what else to call that i have no idea it's going to be run by vince and bruce they're putting the band back together again so if you thought that NXT has been shitty over the past six months. Wait a minute. You ain't, seen, you ain't seen shit. You ain't seen nothing. I feel I feel so sorry for Cameron Grimes. I feel so sorry for LA Knight. Maybe LA Knight will be given an opportunity. Maybe he'll be the guy that makes it out of the shit show clean. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not sure. But yes, Bruce Pritchard in this documentary 
in his hometown of Houston could not be more happy to tell you that the NFT really gave the middle finger to Osama bin Laden by having some fake fighting on television. There's been a lot of different documentaries and reports that perhaps Vince didn't accept any money from advertisers because he didn't want to see it, but they did sell tickets to the event. I just want to say that they sold it. I'm sure some were given away, but there were a lot of tickets that were sold uh, to the event. So, you know, I, it's it's so honestly it's so on brand it's not even funny it's so it, i i was expecting anything but the straight stereotypical but no they gave you the big mac and you ordered the big mac and there was no variance it was two wall beef patties special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions on a sesame seed bun they served it right up to you <laughs> and it is to me, it is such an unbelievable shit sandwich, and it took me back to that part of 9-11 that I hate. I hated the Toby Keith shit. I hated the Daryl Worley shit. I hated the dick-swinging hyper-masculinity and all of the 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 resurgence of the Cold War, Top Gun, Rocky III, Rocky IV state of mind. I hated all of that, and it all made a, a fantastic recovery in the days and weeks and months after 9-11. It was just, let's go kick ass. Let's bomb the shit out of these cave dwellers. And it eventually did us absolutely no good, as you can see 20 years later. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's my report I, on that. I, I just, I, I can't believe you actually attempted to watch or, or did I, watch it. I, I, I had just, to see. I just had to see. I had to see if these people would do well at least it was a confirmation or an affirmation or something yeah and i don't believe there's any confirmation bias because i i I really tried i just want you to know brian i really tried to give these guys some sort of benefit of the doubt they don't deserve it they never have but i i want you to look at it and now it's up to we we've talked over the years about the breast cancer stuff and about connor's cure and about all of the various things that they've done which have been so self-congratulatory. They've been so self-serving. To me, this one absolutely 100% takes the cake. How many, and how many times have we seen that John Cena's answered, you know, 10 million make a wishes or something, you know, they, they like to promote the heck out. Not that the, look, that's great. Yeah. But the, it's the whole self-promotion thing. They just, they just, put it in, in in just areas that they don't need to put it in sometimes. And it's just, okay. And it's just so, you get so transparent, man. Just, just like the, this documentary you're talking about, I'm sure everything about it is just transparent as hell. You don't have to read between the lines on anything no. about them being self-serving. I, and I think they, they use the goodwill of some people like Lillian Garcia, who sang the national anthem and did just an amazing job. It was very emotional. Oh, yeah. That was I believe that Lillian Garcia had the best of intentions. I swear to God, there's nothing inside of her that's bad. There's nothing that's like jingoistic or hyper-masculine or in your face or any of that shit. But they use her talents in such a way to serve to serve their end, which is to do whatever whatever he thinks he was doing on September the 13th. And we've talked about it over the years. It's it's not really something to be proud of, but by God, they're going to just unzip and plop it out there. Double down on that bitch. <laughs> they're just going to unzip it, throw it on that little one inch <laughs> right down the table and brag about it like that thing is King Kong. <laughs> they're going to uh, Dirk Diggler it. 
Oh my wow. God. It's, I, I would say it's embarrassing, but I think these people are, I, I think they're beyond shame at this point. No, they don't care. They but don't it's, care. It's really symptomatic of the mess that they've gotten themselves in creatively with versus AEW. AEW has every bit of the momentum because these people have no ability to reflect on, geez, I don't know if we should treat people like this. Maybe we should go ahead and, and have a real come to Jesus meeting about the way that we're treating talent because we're losing a lot of talent. And now we're starting to lose in that key demographic. That 18 to 49, which I know Jim Cornette says he doesn't care about, Jim, it, it ain't what you care about. As uh, <laughs> you and you, right. you, me, Jim Cornette, you, Bryant, we're all out of that 18 to 49, Bryant, uh, out of that 40, 18 to 49 demographic. We don't count anymore. We count zero to advertisers. They, they want that demographic, and AEW is doing very well. It continues to grow in it. I mean, I, I, I've shit on, on AEW. Many, 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 many times. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they don't have every bit of the momentum right now. They have a killer roster. I mean, they have an amazing roster. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know how you get 50 of those people over on television every week. And they don't. But my God, they have some amazing performers. And they keep adding all of these people that I want to pay money to see. And I think that's true of a lot of wrestling fans and people who are not even hardcore wrestling fans. Well, that kind of brings me to what I was actually wanting to talk about a little bit. Um, if and this is my, and I'm, you know, this may be kind of a personal viewpoint, which I guess it is. Um, but if you look at the roster now at WWE, and and I'm not saying every single person on the roster is just shit or anything like that, but as far as personally, I, I. I think the ones that I like are getting weeded out slowly but surely and and gone, with the exception of a few, like I said. But you know, look at look at who's not there now. And oh. and and then then you can even break it down and say, well, okay, other people are there. Who who's who's getting shit on? You know, like like well, Drew McIntyre and stuff like that. The, if you look, the people who matter are the following people, obviously Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. The Usos, um, at the moment, Randy Orton. Edge got stretchered, so he's going to be gone for a while. I guess he's going to be in Asheville drinking coffee and drinking beer and shit for a little bit, which is fine, which is what he should have been doing anyway. Asheville, definitely coffee. Coffee shops are galore there. <laughs> uh, Charlotte Flair. If you care, you know. Becky. Becky Lynch. Um. If you're not those people, you're fucked. Hey, remember when right? the Street Profits were hot? Remember? remember? <laughs> they had a good match the other night, too, against the Usos. Remember when we thought that, that Jay Uso was going to get punished? Remember when we thought for bowling? Oh, yeah, I, I remember that. I do. I remember that. If you're not those guys, yeah, you're you're pretty much. I mean, Matt, Matt Riddle. I'm sorry. Just Riddle. He's not Matt Riddle. Sorry. I apologize. Uh, Riddle's doing okay right now because he's hooked on that Randy Orton train. Once Randy turns on him and. RKO's the shit out of him about 50 times, then he's he's going to be in Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode. <laughs> AJ's AJ's kind of AJ kind of matters. AJ's getting to the point where he's kind of like not mattering, right? It's yeah, it's kind of under the radar-ish, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Alan Jones Styles is getting to the point where it's I'm not so sure about you. And Nia, after her shit show with Charlotte. 
I'm not sure where she is right now, and I don't know what you do with her. Even even somebody like a Liv Morgan who has every possibility of getting over. Now, Bianca's in a good spot. Bianca's in a good place. Yeah. But everybody else, everyone else who is superior and has gotten over and has sold and has done very well everywhere else, holy shit. I mean, I, I don't even want to imagine what Dolph Ziggler would be able to do in AEW. I don't even want to imagine what, what if he would have been signed from day one, how many amazing matches he would have already had, how he and Kenny Omega would have blown off. They would have torn the roof off of any place. I mean, it's it's just – I mean, I just don't uh, see how these people can be happy in WWE. I mean, some I of them, either. I guess, are Roman Reigns. How can he not be happy? He's probably getting paid out the in people like the, the ones you mentioned, basically. But everybody else, how, how can you be happy in that place right now? I don't. I don't understand. You're dying. You're just dying. I, well, I, don't. I, I I saw this. Um, let me find it here on my phone. I um saw online the top ten. And I think this is from uh, this is from the WWE.com. The top ten most followed active WWE superstars on Instagram. All right. Who would you say uh, you want to go 10 to one or you want to go one to 10? Let's go one to 10. Let's go from the top all, all right. the way down the all cur- right. on the current roster right now. Cause John Cena is right. not on the current roster, right? Correct. Right, right, okay. the right. The active roster right now, male, female combined. Who, who do you think is, I will say mo- Charlotte Flair's this- number. I'm going to say Charlotte Flair's oh. number one. Charlotte Flair's number seven. Jeepers. Charlotte Flair's number seven. Matter of fact, the number one is considerably ahead of number two, to be honest. Uh, number one would be Randy Orton with 6.1 million followers. Uh, number two is actually who I thought was going to be number one. Um, have any guesses? It's a female. I don't know. Alexa. Okay, there we go. But oh. but, but the oh. one thing about Alexa, I don't oh. know how, how closely you – keep up with with her pictures and stuff but one thing i've noticed and you can correct me if i'm wrong if you if you start to pick up on this and 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 watch over the trend here but anytime she puts up a picture of her and boyfriend yeah i mean don't get me wrong it still gets like fifty thousand likes but compared to hot alexa pictures and and just regular alexa pictures they get like two hundred thousand likes you know I'm I I don't know I'm I'm giving up hope on thinking we're gonna get hot Alexa back. Nah, well we're not. I Do you think it's think one of those things like like people like the guys that follow her just don't be don't want to be reminded that she's all booed up. She doesn't have like she has significant other like back in the day. Well, I think it's both. I think it's guys and girls see that and go. The girls are like you know I don't know I don't want to say it's jealous or anything, but you know I don't I I just. I don't know this Cabrera guy that well, but he just seems annoying to me. He might be the nicest fucker on the planet, but he just comes across as being an annoying. Um, what's what's the dude? Our our boy, our Bruce's buddy Johnny. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Johnny Fairplay. Fairplay. That's who he kind of reminds me of. And I he they may be totally different from that dude, but. That's uh, just looks wise. And I'm just thinking, well, if he looks like that, he's probably somewhat like that, but I don't know. But I just noticed that trend that, that, that she doesn't get as nearly the likes when she has 
him and her pictures on Instagram. So I thought that was interesting. This just occurs to me, though. If, if AEW was a company at the same journey it is, and it's, it is now, almost you know two years old, been on television for a little while, what do you think they would have done in a 9-11 situation? Do you think they would have had to try to they would have tried to have a show 48 to 72 hours after? Even knowing no. John being being the Tim Tebow guy that he is, do you think that they would have done it? I don't think so. I, I'm 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 just gonna go on a limb and say no. I think there's a little more reflection in that company. The the corporate era of WWE, and that is since they've become a publicly traded company. It's been such a different story. It's been such a, it's been such a completely different story. Um, it used to, and, and somebody, I think Cornette was talking about this. Like there used to be a chance that you could go up and you could talk to Vince about your character and some storylines that you were having and some ideas and your frustrations. There used to be that, you know, right? And that, that's gone. There's there's so many layers of humanity between you and Vince McMahon, and that that relates to the Mick Foley video that everyone's talking about. Where if he was a huge talent right now, he doesn't know if he would trust Bruce Pritchard, Johnny Laurinaitis, and you know the Get Down crew and that writing staff that doesn't know anything. Um, I don't blame him. Shit. I, I well, I I just I, I don't. I, I don't know, man. I, I just every time I think they you think they might see the light on some stuff, they just take it one step further, almost. And there's that's the thing about WWE is that when he was getting his ass kicked by WCW, there came a moment of reckoning where they go, "We got to do things differently." And I don't think we're even close to them coming to any moment of reckoning now. The only. You can say that just a little bit about um, SummerSlam when they brought um, Becky in. But that was just because Fox was bitching at him, right? That was just because Fox was pissed off at him because they didn't – the CM Punk thing was making massive news, and then they had to get on the phone and get those guys in. Yeah, well, that that, that was hot for a second. Even though the Becky thing was all jacked up the way it happened and she beat Bianca in two seconds and all that stuff – uh, the Brock thing was, I think, to me, it was was better. But I, you know, it was like it happened, and then but to me, it was like, okay, well, that's cool. But AEW still, I think, just ran roughshod over them with, with everything. There's no, there's no reflection at all that we need. We are in trouble, and we need to change. And I don't know if it's because they're. So Tunnel Vision working towards selling this company to Universal or whoever they were supposed to sell it to. Um, I don't know if that's that's what it is, but there is no there's no reflection in like, ah, you know, we really need to do things differently and treat our talent differently and get people over in a different way. Back in the territory days, I was thinking about that, like Ron Fuller being second generation promoter and he ran a promotion himself in Knoxville. If the promoter fucked you over, there was an incentive for the promoter to treat you right. Because if word got out that you fucked boys over, you couldn't get any talent in your territory. Mm-hmm. If Eddie if Eddie Graham fucked people over in Florida, word would get out. Same thing with you know with the, in the Carolinas. Same thing with Vern. Same thing with just any any territory that you think of. Paul Bosch, anybody, and then word would get out that Paul Bosch, Bosch, that guy's a pretty good payoff guy, and people would w- want to go there and work. 
Yeah. And on top, yeah. on top of that, when Ron Fuller would bring in the world champion, he'd bring in Harley Race into Knoxville. He made a point of paying the man in cash, counting out, you know, $10,000 or whatever it was right in front of the man so that he would be like, hey, Bob Geigo, anytime that I'm available to go to Knoxville, I'm going to Knoxville. There, there seems to be no, there's no simpatico kind of leverage there among talent. But then again, maybe there does seem to be some some leverage now. But it can't just be, I, I, again, my my red light warning on AW is you just can't continue to stack bodies in there and have people just get over or try to think you're going to be able to get over with a two-hour television show. And even if you add the one-hour television show, it, it ain't going to happen. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've been looking at um, or keeping up with Brian Cage and Melissa Santos they're, um, in their uh, social media, but there's been a little dissension there with uh, not between them, but uh, but Brian Cage kind of saying, "Hey, um, AW, I'm over here." You know? <laughs> so, I mean, I can't blame him because, and you know, people can say, "Well." That's Brian Cage. Look at all these other people that are, you know, tons better than him. And they're, they're, it's, it's nothing. he shouldn't be upset. Well, I don't know if he's saying people saw Lucha Underground, but that son of a bitch was a beast in Lucha Underground. And if he's booked right, he can be a beast again. So I, I think he's got a little, you know, I think if he's I'm, got a little beef. If you Well, if I'm Brian Cage and I'm in, the, if I'm in that faction and you're trying to do this little thing with – you know, you're trying to do this little thing where you're beefing with Ricky Starks and all this shit. I, I get it. And if I'm Brian Cage and I'm over here on the sidelines and I'm seeing Daniel Garcia get TV time and I'm seeing Dan Lambert cut another promo that's going to take up about Thank eight you. minutes. Oh, if I'm, Dan Lambert. I'm seeing shit like that. I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated. That's, I, I'm getting really frustrated. AEW is a great TV show, but they continue to do bullshit like that and put Michael Nakazawa on my TV for no reason and, and put Long John Silver on my TV for no reason and keep the Dark Order alive for zero reason. It takes up. They're time. trying to split them up for you, man. They're trying. <laughs> it's not quick enough. It's not happening. <laughs> it's, it's not, not that whole Dan Lambert thing. I'm glad you said that. I, I, man, I don't know who thinks he is going to put ass in the seats. But did they not learn when he was on Impact, whenever a few years ago, that that shit was just horrible, man? That whole remember that whole thing when he came in with those guys, uh, the All American, whatever they're called, and it, Bobby Lashley got thrashed by, he kept getting moose or whoever it was. I can't remember, but it was just that whole thing was just horrible. And I can't believe Tony Khan brought him back in here. He's just useless, man. It it just bothers me. And if I'm Brian Cage, I'm back here, and I've done. <laughs> all of my stuff. I mean, I, I would, I, I would be, I'd be extremely frustrated. There's a ton of guys that are exactly like that. Hey, I, I love how they're pushing, you know, Darby Allen. I, I think that's great. All that other stuff. And they're trying to, I thought the, well, the, yeah. the Taz versus, uh, you know, the Taz versus CM Punk thing was great. I thought that was fantastic. I thought Daniel Bryan getting the arm thing on uh, Kenny Omega was fantastic. There was a lot of good stuff. They're finally polishing up MJF after having MJF somewhere on a milk carton for most of this year. He's actually relevant right now, but there's just so much flotsam that just shows up on, on that show that doesn't yeah. need to. And my God, Sean Spears, how many times are we going to try to put a new coat of paint on that guy? That That's they're just dead set on getting his ass. And the, and the instant the instant buyer's remorse on Christian 
and the instant virus virus remorse on Andrade, guys, it ain't happening. It just it just ain't happening. That 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 stuff is what drives me crazy. Well, but, you know, but they still have I, the better I, they have the better TV program. Oh, they God, have the more yeah, compelling they, product than WWE has, without question. Well, I don't know. I I was with you on the the buyer's remorse with Christian there for a while, but now that I've seen what has, what's happened and how that kind of has played out, I I can let him go on that. I I, I think he kind of came in and did what he was supposed to do, and 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 gave people what they want because I, I mean, God dang, man, that match against Omega. It, it all out. That was a good match. Absolutely, that, it was. I, I, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give props to Christian for that. But again, the whole Dan Lambert thing and the whole um, whole damn um, Dark Order thing. I'm with you on that. I'm getting tired of that. I, just cut, trim the fat, man. You know. That's and that's always been from the beginning. My problem with this promotion is AEW. There's nobody there to say no. There's nobody, to, and I appreciate the idea that artistically you want everybody to have a say and stuff, and you want them to let let them go crazy and do their shit, which is part of what's made them popular. But God, they're they're just they're the Dan Lambert thing. Just it literally feels to me like it's a slam against Jim Cornette, and they get off on seeing this guy act like Jim Cornette every week. And I well, I he'll he, he, I'm sorry, he he will never he can he can talk. I'm not going to say he can't get up there and talk, but I'm going to tell you what, Cornette can take him to the woodshed. I mean, I, that, on the mic, there's just, I don't think there's any comparison there. But well, the I, point I just, is for the AEW fans, Dan Lambert says a lot of the same shit that they think Jim Cornette would say. And so oh, it gives them, a, it gives them a, t- a chance to shit on Jim Cornette without bringing up his name and get, but it's, it seems to be all about him. To me, that's what it's all about. I, 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 I don't, I didn't really see that. I just thought they saw something in Lambert that they think that he's getting, he, Dude, he's getting X-Pac heat from people. People don't like oh, his ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, here he is cutting him. And it's sad that Scorpio's been involved with that. Scorpio, Scorpio Sky's a fantastic talent. I don't know why they thought this is the guy that you need to be. I don't I don't understand. I never understand that. No, I don't either. I, I don't get that. And one more thing about Brian Cage before, before we move on or whatever. If they could make him the beast that Lucha Underground made him, and run rampant and like have him end up like meeting up with Miro in the end or something like right. that. What? Come on. Yeah. What's wrong? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just think sometimes, and, and it may just be a case of they just, AEW does have too many people right now that more than they know what to do with. And, 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 and inevitably somebody is going to get left out in the fucking cold that probably doesn't deserve to be left out in the cold and maybe Brian cage is that guy right now. There's, there's several guys that are going to be like, and there's probably several more besides him. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, I, th- I think that Ricky Stark should be getting a lot more time than he's getting, you know, you and he's got know. a title. He, he had a belt. I know he's got a belt. So it's like, I don't even remember the last time that he wrestled. He wasn't on the pay-per-view, right? Know, there was no Ricky Stark match on the pay-per-view. I haven't seen him in I don't think he was on Rampage or Dynamite either one this week. He cuts promos. I mean, the the joke right after CM Punk made the awesome debut on Labor, you know, before Labor Day weekend and, and it was the shot heard around the world and all this other shit was all right, tonight on AW Dynamite or Rampage or whatever we're doing, CM Punk's gonna cut a promo. <laughs> you know, that that happens two or three times. <laughs> it's another promo from CM Punk. And you're gonna, you know, and then eventually 
Daniel Garcia becomes the first man to touch him in a wrestling ring in seven and a half years or whatever it was. And <laughs> I, I just don't get it. And we still don't know. I think the FTR boys have been minimized, compromised through a, a, a terrible situation. I saw your eyes get really wide when I said that. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of all that. I, I just can't believe they're getting screwed over once again, it looks like. And what is all this with the Sting and Tully? Are we going to see a Sting and Tully Blanchard match? What Tell me ma- we're not going to see a Sting and Tully Blanchard. What was the match that he insisted on making for next week that Tully was insisting on in that promo? Because it made no um, sense to me. It was like, and I, I can't even remember what it was, but it was it was like, why are we doing this? And then Brock Anderson. Do we need Brock Anderson uh, to, to get over? I I don't I I don't understand. There's there's too much of that, that going on. Here's the. Uh, Samoa Joe relinquishes the NXT title due to an undisclosed injury. This was a video that he released in a video released today, Sunday, as we record this. Samoa Joe uh, relinquished the title due to an undisclosed injury. Joe said that the WWE medical team told him to do certain injuries. They wanted him to step away for a brief but undetermined amount of time. He said that because of the new era of NXT that is about to begin, they deserve a fighting champion, so he was relinquishing the title he wished luck to whoever held it next because he was going to come for them. The future of the title is expected to be announced on Tuesday's live show, a four-way number one contenders match between Pete Dunn, Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, and L.A. Knight. Oh, I don't see Cameron Grimes' name in there. So odd. How about that? But I'm glad L.A. Knight's in there anyway because L.A. Knight, as we know, uh, lost the million-dollar thing, but – yeah yeah uh (laughs) joe won the title at august at august takeover 36 by defeating Darren cross after being released by wb in april he was resigned nxt returning as an on-screen authority figure in june in addition to the on-screen role he's working in the nxt talent scouting department wait wait wait. we're not scouting for talent anymore there is no talent scouting scouting department in world wrestling entertainment they're not looking in the industry for any stuff they're not looking for anybody to send them YouTube videos or anything else. I thought Nick Conner was just going to be with his buddies at CAA and any muscle-bound actors they could send his way. Come on over. I thought that was the plan right now. <laughs> um, um, I came across this clip from, um, I want to say it was post post All Out maybe um, mm-hmm. with, with Tony or TK. And yeah. I, want you to, I want you to listen to this. Oh, you got a clip? And you okay. tell me. And I want you to tell me what you think he means by this at the end. All right. Got a handshake and I trusted him. Same thing with Brian. Like right. Brian and I, I think Brian just signed. So. All right. I, 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 let me tell you what he's talking about. Trusting Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as handshake deals and that sort of thing. So just yeah. listen to what he says at the very end. Very end. It's coming up. I trusted him. You know, we have a good relationship, and we built that. Uh, same with Austin. Punk didn't actually sign anything until. Catch that, Austin. I've heard this rumor. I've heard this. This. This is like the persistent rumor. So, what? What can there's you? There's no other Austin except Steve. So, I mean, I don't know who else he could be referring to. Um, what? What do you realistically think that Steve Austin could do in all elite wrestling right now? just basically what he's doing in WWE and making appearances and talking shit. This legitimizes the promotion. 
You pay this guy a tremendous amount of money. He comes over, he cuts some promos. He can't get involved physically with anything. Maybe he referees a match or something like that. And he gets eyeballs that used to watch the product 24 years ago to AEW now, which is not the demographic they wanted. That's people our age. That's people mind your They don't want old people like us watching that show. I mean, well, I know we've told our children and some people told their grandchildren how great this Austin guy was. And yes, that will. But I, I, I don't know. Again, I, I, I don't see the point as far as getting Steve Austin in to try to legitimize your promotion to me. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I don't think they need him to, but I just found it interesting that the theory that they may be even trying to get him. I don't know that they need to get him, but I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I, I had to, when I, when I heard that, I said that was the first time I'd even ever heard about anything yeah. about Austin going there. So that, that was new to me. So I didn't know. Uh, best, best wishes to triple H after the cardiac event. We don't know what happened. It was a procedure that he had at a medical facility. Apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they wanted to make it real clear that this was a genetic problem and having to do with anything to do with any steroids. Don't even say the S word here. Ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't got nothing to do with that shit. <laughs> um, but you know what? Funny thing. As soon as I saw that story, what do you think the first thing I thought was? Steroids. Thank you. they've had this um i've gone back and i've listened to conrad with uh bruce about the brian pillman thing and immediately um after the like on the pay-per-view the night they found out that pillman was dead vince mcmahon started well at all drug overdoses are a problem in hollywood and the music entertainment world everywhere else And and Conrad goes, well, if it's not drugs, then why did he say it? Well, he knew it was. They were going to say it. He knew the media was going to start saying that, so he just decided to head it up. It's again, it's unapologetic. Nip it, nip it's, it in the bud. He's able to. Um, he's able to justify Vince getting Melanie on TV and paying her big sweaty wad of money or whatever. Uh, all all that's great. All that's wonderful. No problem there. I'm glad Vince did it, and everybody shut the fuck up. It's it, again. The completeness with which Bruce Pritchard has handed his soul over to the devil, and I hope he's getting paid well, but I, something tells me, speaking of heart attacks, he may be, I think he's already had one or two. I, I would dare say he may be headed for another one, and I don't know what kind of stock options or bonuses he's going to get if they sell to Universal, but I hope that all of it is worth it, because uh, I, I can't, I don't feel like he's living a healthy life or whatever it needs to be there's the story and they are saying it was a cardiac arrest now at least this particular website is which i had not heard i heard it was a cardiac event and he had a procedure so it i don't was a cardiac I'm, event in a medical facility is what it was <laughs> that's what it is uh this is he is expected to make a full recovery and they're not providing any more details that's what the the wwe is saying God damn it. He didn't take steroids. And if he did, he should have. It's fine. Shut up. You should have. Look how big God damn I, I, I mean, I literally, after I saw that documentary about their, their never forget documentary, I said, uh, 
you know, they're going to put out a documentary talking about how great a job they did with the Benoit situation. They're going to talk about how, how, how amazing it was and how well they reacted and how they had every right to have a tribute show to him, even though they knew that he had murdered his entire family and killed himself. That That's the next documentary. And they're going to be so proud of it. Well, I felt like that was the thing to do. He was a great guy. I know he killed his kid, but God damn it. I had all this video and I had to fill up a show. That's what happened. We did a great job. Chris, the WWE presents Chris Benoit, Always Forget. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the cock. Soon. The cock. <laughs> Coming to the cock. Chris Benoit, Always Forget. <laughs> <laughs> well there's the title of tonight's episode we've already got that figured always out. forget <laughs> uh let's see oh did, have you heard anything about this trump deal at this uh boxing match that he did last night because i'm hearing yes. it was a, i heard it was a shit show i heard it was like well, what really, do you expect i know but again here's here's the thing is like my expectation is going to be a shit show but surprise me I mean, I wasn't like thinking, oh my God, match of the year, Evander Holyfield on six days' notice. And I, I love Evander Holyfield. He's in great shape, too. I'm telling you, I love Evander Holyfield. One of oh, my yeah, favorite, no, one, one of the best fights I ever saw of all time was when, they, when he beat Tyson that first time before the ear fight. And it was like, that's, again, that's been 24 years ago. I'm aware yeah. of how old I am. I know how old I am. I know how old that motherfucker is. <laughs> And to have him and, 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 you know, Cokie Trump Jr. over there, you know. Split. Oh, I, lo I loved her when she was on the NBC yeah. News. Man. Yeah, God rest her soul. No. <laughs> so, Dad, it looked like he gave oh him an overhand. God. Dad, it looked like he gave him an overhand right. <laughs> and then he followed it with a combination. Uh, apparently from what I'm, what I'm hearing is the two of them just were talking about great fighters. They met, I met Ali over here. He said, I was the best. He said, I was the greatest. I said, you're the greatest. He said, no, you're the greatest. And then I met Evander Holyfield. I met Lennox Lewis. I met, you know, it, apparently that was, they just jacked off each other about all these people that they met all these years. That was, that was the, the fight. And, and then well, some it was 9-11. Again, there's people in fucking trailer parks that can't pull together 30 cents to go buy toilet paper that spent $60 on this pay-per-view because that's their man. That's their guy. I mean, but where do you want to be at 9-11? That had a scrub-ass boxing match. Some boxing match with two guys that are like fucking in, in, in like AARP. It's the, they were fighting for the AARP title. What the what the hell? I don't even know what happened. Where, where, again, what world? And he goes, I know he goes up to the cops in New York and he bitches about losing the, about winning the election, but getting screwed out of it. I know that happened. So that's. Oh, you, the, the, so he goes, the, the cops in, 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 in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He goes up there and he's bitching about, you know, winning the election, but getting screwed out of it. And I think he put out a statement, not on Twitter, because he can't, about how he was congratulating, oh, right. he was congratulating Rudy on 9 11. <laughs> God, I want to make this really clear for as we go back and because nine eleven history, I'm trying to teach it to some people. There are some people that are right around the age of thirty that I'm trying to teach some history to. They think number one, they think the they think the Taliban attacked us on nine eleven. 
And then secondarily, oh, really? they think the they think the Iraqis attacked us on 9-11. There's a significant amount of America that believes this. They're, they really do. Well, um, you know, if if those people actually it, it does make a little sense. Yeah. Because it, if you look at the wars we went to Exactly. And you, say, you know, you, what do you mean it wasn't Taliban? What, exactly. what do you mean it was in Iraq? Why Oh, it was Saudis. Oh, it's okay. it's my ambivalence, but you know, again, oh, we're going. Oh, but we're going over there to do wrestling shows. Okay, I, I, I can't suck that prince's dick enough. Get that big Saudi dick out of here. Hold a second. Let me say it. Pull that big swarthy dick out. Let me have it. Ah, the basement memories. <laughs> Coming into my basement, I'll pass out. You can do a problem. <laughs> I'll I'll put some sand down there. I don't care what Make you do. Make you feel at home. You can fuck me six ways to Sunday, Prince. Just sign the check. I don't give a shit. Uh, just good luck getting out. All you guys, make sure you got that transpo locked up as you get out. Because you know Vince is going to get out. Heyman's going to get out. Pritchard's going to get out. Big John's going to get out. Yeah, I'm going to be fine. I'm on the private plane. Everything's going to be fine for those fuckers. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I'm just going to stay on the plane the whole time. Just be ready. Rock's going to get out. But I'm going to tell you, everybody else. And I don't think I'm going to let any women go over, but if you, you Dolph Ziggler's, you Robert Roods, you AJ Styles's, you, I don't know if they're going to let the street profits go or not, but if those guys go and if they let the Usos go, I, I don't know if y'all going to have a ride back so much. So you might want to figure out your transpo issues one way or the other. I don't know if NetJets going to help y'all. The point I was making about Rudolph Giuliani, he was a suck ass mayor before 9 11. I would not criticize him for the job he did during 9 11. He was suck ass after. There was a tiny little window. There was a little bit in there where he showed some leadership, and by God, he made sure that he reminded you all the way up until now. All the last the, twenty fucking years, yes. You remember? You remember the joke? All that Rudy Giuliani is is subject verb nine eleven. That was that was the thing. That's all that motherfucker <laughs> talking. About. Subject verb nine eleven. <laughs> Conjugating a Rudy Giuliani sentence. He kicked his wife out of the fucking mayor's mansion. And had his whore in there. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, they, this is these are the things that happen, but people forget because oh, it was great during my. He sucked ass before. He sucked ass after, and he's sucking big ass now. And maybe he'll go to jail. I'm hoping for it. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, let me. Roh, death before dishonor. Oh, they did that already. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that tonight. Uh oh 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 oh. Uh, you saw the Brian Pillman Jr. You saw that his sister had the baby. Yeah, that's that. amazing. He said he said MJF made her go into labor after all that shit. <laughs> Fucking shit! That, oh my god! I have to tell you that was amazing. Your mom, Methany. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> no, I fucking. And, but, but to me, MJF's fate was sealed. <laughs> When they do that first show after Brody Lee died, they got his kid there and he goes heel on the kid. And I went, oh, this guy, he don't give a fuck. Oh, not a, not one. Give, this dude would have been fucking stabbed in a parking lot in Gastonia like that. I mean, he would have been, <laughs> he would have had his tires flattened. They would have spit in his shit at the Waffle House. This dude <laughs> don't give a fuck. No. Oh my God. Somewhere in, in Suwannee, Georgia, that motherfucker would have gotten approached like, we don't like Jews. And then some dude would have <laughs> tried to beat the fuck out of that dude. We I don't, think he's aware of that shit. I hope he's aware of that shit. We just don't care a whole lot for Jews around here. Y'all killed our savior. 
You get a lot of that. <laughs> um, I did hear that the Madison Square Garden show was like the biggest SmackDown show of all times in terms of revenue and gate and all that stuff. So, and it was a SmackDown was fine. Another great contract signing. Another outstanding contract signing. Another Friday, another contract signing. Woo. What the hell? Ooh, Becky and Bianca. Man, I just can't wait for another contract. CM Punk cuts a promo. It's another contract signing tonight on wrestling. That's good. <laughs> they also aired a promo for WWE on the cock, which included a new season of the WWE Ruthless Aggression video. Wow, we were clamoring for that, weren't we? <laughs> I was really hoping that series, I thought it was good, but Jesus Christ, I would have been okay with it stopping. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'd say that's one of those things that definitely has a shelf life. The series Heels on Stars continues to be fantastic. I hope they get a second. Okay, season. I was going to ask you about that. Thank you. Yeah. For oh no, it's still. I don't have still... stars. Yeah, but I, I lost a deal that I can get it for like twenty bucks or something for six months. So wait till know. the thing ends so you can just you can just jack it all in one night. So you can, you, oh, okay. can, you can just stack them up. So you can't go back and look at them now. Okay, you can, but you you should wait until they're all there and you can you can binge them. Gotcha. And you just pay. Okay. You just like pay twenty bucks and then like cut it off ah. instead of instead of paying twenty bucks over like a couple of months. Gotcha. That's what that's what you should do. I think in my opinion. So that, that'll be the that'll be the way to go. Okay. Um. The AEW, the company, has opened up more sections of Arthur Ashe Stadium, so they are above 19,000 fans at the show. They aren't there yet, but have topped 18,000. Brian Lass bringing up a good point. Uh, MJF is going to be a massive, unbelievable, over-the-top, crazy-go-nuts babyface when he goes to Long Island. They're going to introduce him as a baby, not as a, as a babyface, but he will be a babyface as the Long Island boy comes home. So... You're either going to see a tremendous performance to get those people to heal on him. I mean, you, you this could be maybe the best max performance yet to get those people to heal on him. Be ready he for may, that. He, he may just cut a promo on the people of Long Island for, for may, cheering him. It, it'll be it'll be so good that that will be just get ready for that. If you're an MJF fan like we are, for him to cuss those people out and get them to to heal on him. Maybe just the best shit ever. So just be ready for that. <laughs> I, I'm just, I've got my hands together. I'm praying. It, it sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even think about that whole aspect of Arthur oh. Ashe, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that should be good. And this is where AEW wins. It's like Tony, Tony Khan. And I, I have no doubt this is going to happen. He's going to give Max the mic and he goes, you got 12 minutes and done. And the guy will do something amazing. You know he will. You know I, know, gonna... I, I have no doubt. <laughs> you, he'll do something. And nobody does that. They can't do that in the WWE, even with, with, with Heyman. Heyman is, is like the lone paddler, just, just struggling upstream right now to keep anything afloat right now. That, that's what's going on in WWE. That's, that's the, and again, Heyman's older than both of us. <laughs> and he's trying to keep people yeah, he's alive. Now the demographic. Jesus. Any other closing yeah, I, notes I, on another award-winning edition of Katie Vick is Alive Alive? Uh, let's see. I, I, I saw somebody that, that was coming to WrestleCade. I, I was going to see if you saw, and I forgot who it was now. It's it was, it's a good – well, Cassie's going to be there. Okay. And some, yeah. yeah, and then Bray's going to be there. Huh? Bray, yeah, Bray Wyatt. What? Yeah, they announced that Bray's gonna be there. I saw I saw the announcement. I'm gonna look on I'm gonna look on their website right now. What? Yeah. 
it's it's, it's some amazing shit that's going on right now. I, I'm speechless. I did, I missed totally missed this. That, that, was, yeah. that wasn't who I saw, but I think it was. It might have been the iconics that I was that I saw that the iconics. Let me see. Let me oh look at man, that. Bray! Wow. Matt Cardona and Zack Ryder are going to be there. Let me look at their Twitter account because I thought okay. I did. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I I think I saw that maybe on Friday or Saturday. There's Matt Cardona. The first WrestleCade champion returns. I see this showcasing Sean Rassap. The Good Brothers coming back to WrestleCade. Good K. Brothers, yeah. The inspiration we talked about. There's Adam Sher. There it is. Adam Sher. Braun Strowman will be there. Yep. That tweet came out on September the 8th. Ah, uh, okay. That's You You said Bray. I, I, you meant Braun. Oh, yeah. I did mean Braun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, okay. I, yeah, that's what fucked me up. Sorry. Braun the, Strowman the, the, will be there. Oh, and the, hey, wait, wait a minute. Our favorite, Sean Spears. Sean Spears also performing. There's Malachi Black and Gail Kim, the the TNA Hall Gail of Fame. Kim. Yeah, and Gail Kim. I would like to have QT Marshall, and um, I'd like to have QT Marshall just be run over by Tattooed somebody. Tattooed on if, your arm? What did no, you say? If somebody could run over him in the crosswalk over there on the <laughs> – Right in front of the Benton Convention Center, that would be great. <laughs> no, I think Gail Kim, actually, I think that's great because I think she'll be there for that TNA thing on Sunday. So You're going to be so surprised at how beautiful she is in person. As good as she looks on television, it's 10 times more in person. Mm, I'm telling you. I can't I'm telling wait. You. She's, she's, she's gorgeous. It, it's almost, I believe it, man. It's almost like, you know, Madison looked really good on TV, but Madison, when we saw her up, up close, was even even more gorgeous. Oh, she looked like a porcelain doll. Dude. Oh, she's unbelievable. And, and Gail Kim is exactly. You're going to be stunned. Uh, Bryant oh. is followable on the social media, Instagram and uh, Twitter, at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. Stanley Jackson 23 is how you can get a hold of him on TikTok. The show is Katie Vick Alive. That's on the Twitter machine, Katie Vick Alive. Uh, I, myself, am at Britt Whitmire, B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. And also B Dub for Reels, B D U B number four R E E L Z. That is on the Instagram machine. You can also listen to some more of my politics on the Brad and Brit cast and follow us at Brad and Brit. If you want to support what we do, um, you can also shop on our Amazon store, which is katievic.com. Real easy to do. It doesn't change the price of the stuff that you're buying, but it helps us out. Katievic.com. Until next time, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.